Detroit is Different is where you get information, artistry, history, music, and even comedy. Detroit is Different, a home for the culture of Detroit. Visit online at DetroitIsDifferent.com today. We continue this Fight for Justice series. Uh, Detroit is Different. This is pivotal. I'm having conversations with definitely a lot of black men in and around the city of Detroit and some of the work that we're putting in and doing. Today, I have someone that definitely works with the people, someone that works with the soil as well, a gardener, an activist, a uh, man, a uh, father, uh, and asset to the community. Kajay, how you doing? Man, appreciate you for having me, man. Thank you, man. It's a pleasure and an honor to be on uh, Detroit is Different, you know what I mean? Like, definitely uh, an honor to be here. And definitely, um, I'm a advocate for the people. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like for sure, for sure. Um, I'm not, you know, I don't do it for no other reason but for the people. You know what I'm saying? For sure. Well, thank you, thank you, man. It's an asset of uh, you doing the work that you do. You're helping us start our garden. Uh, what we're doing here with Detroit is different on some of the plots of land that we have access to. Uh, in our community right here now, we're going to start this Detroit is different garden and some of the work you're doing is definitely the work connected to self-sustaining our own community mm -hmm. which ties into everything that's happening right now it's a huge landscape that we're seeing in the media uh and conversations are being opened up within our own community and even outside the community about black people and what we're doing especially black men so when you reached out to me and said you have some things to say and some things on your mind about what's happening i definitely wanted to provide this platform and a soundstage for you to speak on things and with that being said here you go so what's on your mind about everything how have you taken this all in well the first the first thing on my mind is of course um you know i would like to send my condolences out to to all the people to to the families of the, of the victims the recent victims mm -hmm. of uh police brutality uh you know from this uh, oppressive system of uh militarized police you know what i'm saying that they have in america um george floyd brianna taylor um amal aubrey was not killed by the police but basically it was his murder was covered up by a crooked police you know what i mean um and 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 just just let the people know that you know that that are out out there fighting and that that you know it's appreciated you know all across the country the people that's doing different things and you know contrary to what other people might say you know we definitely understand why it's going the way it's going you know i do and a lot of a lot of people do so we salute y'all you know what i mean we don't look at y'all as rioters we don't look at y'all as looters we understand that that's that that comes with uh this type of situation you know you're gonna have people who take advantage of certain type of situations but we know that the main reason that we are out there is because we tired of being gunned down we tired of being marginalized in our own community on our own land in our own nation you know and it's time to stand up and that's the only way that we gonna we gonna get change if we enact change you know what i mean so um that's first and foremost and then to speak on detroit um and and like the the scenery of of or you know the atmosphere or the temperament of my city um is very disappointing to uh say the least you know i feel like um just on the outside looking in if i if i didn't live here you know if i wasn't here on the ground it would look like you know that we are not 
showing solidarity with the rest of the country. Um, mm-hmm. Is that is and it's and it's looking very like uh, we feel like uh, oh we don't have that type of problem here in the city, or we don't have those type of issues here in Detroit because we're a majority black city, um, which we have been for you know decades. Mm-hmm. Um, but we still going through the same issues and it's still going through the same problems as if we weren't a uh, majority all black city. We still have a uh, terroristic police force here, despite mm-hmm. what some other people might say. Um, you know, I've been dealing with the police since I was 13 years old. I'm 34. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of my encounter, uh, 90% of my encounters with the police have not been a good thing. Um, and for people to kind of say that we don't have those problems or that police don't kill us here in the same way that they kill other people or other cities or other places it's kind of a cop-out to me you know it's kind of um, a, a cop-out way to take you know oh well we don't have to deal with that but i would say that um ayana jones family wouldn't feel that way she was a seven-year-old who was murdered by the police in a raid where they had the uh where they were in the wrong apartment um, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That say that they lied about what this what happened in the situation. Later, changed their story. Um, you had two mistrials, then you had the third trial where we have a a so called black prosecutor who wouldn't even retry the case again because of the mis you know at the mistrials. You know what I mean? Um, we have Demon Grimes who was 15 years old. He was killed by the state police here in the city of Detroit, but the Detroit police stood over his dead body and said that he deserved to be killed and mm-hmm. that he got what he deserved and he should have just listened and maybe he would be alive. Um, so that should show you the attitude that that the police have. And this was a black police officer who said this mm-hmm. over his body. Mm-hmm. I would never forget that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because I advocated for DeMond Grounds. I stood with the family. You know what I mean? We couldn't get uh, 50 people at a protest for DeMond Grimes. You know what I'm saying? At the time. But I, I don't go by numbers. You know, I'm going to get out there and we're going to do the work. Um, so it's very disappointing to hear some people say that, you know, like when I and, and so many people who I know and so many people who live where I live go through these type of things with the police all the time. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's the same. See, it's not an individual police department problem. It's a systematic police department problem. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? It's the way that the police are made up. It's the origin where they come from. You know what I mean? A lot of people ignore that. We don't we don't we don't like to talk about the root of the police and where they actually come from. The root of the police are, are slave catchers. That's where they started. The first badges, first given police badges were given to people who were slave catchers. You know what I'm saying? Who were yeah. who were fugitive slave catchers. That's mm-hmm. was that's where the the whole police comes from and it's and those tactics are still used today if you look at it how the police move how they act it's still in the in the same way as as in the mindset of a slave catcher and and a lot of the points that you're bringing up definitely have been a part of this series of discussions fight for justice Mm -hmm. uh but you're hitting the nail on the head even from a detroit perspective more than many yeah, because uh, many have spoke from a national perspective mm-hmm. and that definitely has been many of my encounters. Uh, I've had a gun pulled on me and in my face from Detroit police officers too many times, exactly. uh, starting at young ages. Uh, I, I've already told that story of being a teenager and that happening. Mm-hmm. But being a black man, that's such a common occurrence mm-hmm. that 
you know, it's, it's almost it's looked like, at as like that's casual. Yeah, you shake it off. It's like it don't even bother. Like after a while, it don't even bother you no more. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like with the first couple times it happened to you, you real upset, you angry. You're like, damn, I ain't did nothing. I'm just walking to the store. You know, yeah. I'm just standing outside in my community. I don't have, I didn't create the community. I didn't create the atmosphere of the community. I was born yeah. into the community. So for you to say that I'm, you know, or uh, for the police to just look at all of us the same, when they want us to look at them different, you know what I'm saying? They don't want us to look at them as as a uh, in a broad space or a broad, uh, yeah. You know, you know, they want us to look at oh well, individual Detroit is different than uh, Chicago or you know uh, this individual officer is not that same officer. You know what I'm saying? And and but you don't look at the people in that manner. If no. I live in a certain area and it's drugs in that area, when I go outside, I'm looked at as a drug dealer by the police. I'm looked at as a person yeah. who you know, perpetuates the any stereotype that you could think of of a black male. You know, I'm not looked at as an educator. I'm not looked at as an urban farmer. I'm not looked at as a, you know, someone who cares about his community, who changed his mindset and wants to change the, the, the mindset of the community and the overall conditions of my community. You know what I'm saying? I'm not looked at like that. I'm, I'm not given that fair that fair judge, you know what I'm saying? That fair treatment, you know, I'm, I'm automatically looked at as a drug dealer or somebody who don't belong here or shouldn't be outside or, you know, shouldn't be walking to the store. You shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> so when, when you speak about this narrative that exists of Detroit doesn't deal with that problem. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've been on social media mm -hmm. engaging in others, especially since the uh, defund the police, uh, concept has been presented to many more people um you know in 2015 i made a song called i'm my own police that was on my if detroit will have an album and that concept then was like relatively new to me when i was writing the song so mm -hmm. that was like 2012 but it definitely was an emotion that i had mm -hmm. uh these concepts of defunding the police and resources are unique but detroit is one of the few places that definitely they say mitigates that because we have a black police chief mm -hmm. we have many quote-unquote black officers on the mm -hmm. force and we also have people that work within the community as activists that have in many ways met and aligned themselves with the police force here that mitigate i would say uh some of the discussions between the community and police and say to themselves well because i have this relationship I met with the chief of police. I know the chief of police. I know these officers. Mm -hmm. I'm meeting with the police board. Uh, we don't have these problems because I, I know and I have the relationships with them. Mm -hmm. I think that that has been one of the primary narratives because it's not the police that have been saying we don't have those problems here. It's actually been a lot of the people that work within the community. Yeah. And that providing that. Uh, I guess I would say that that uh, that concept, that idea. Yeah. And 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 that's and that's very confusing for me sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Just like just to be brutally honest, I don't understand how a person who works or who claims that they advocate on behalf of the community can sit here and say that the po that we don't have those issues with the police. You know what I'm saying? Because what what community are you going in and who are you talking to? You get what I'm saying? Who are you? working for you know what i'm saying what what communities are you going into in detroit where the people 
of those communities are saying, oh, we don't have a problem with the police. The police cool. They treat mm-hmm. us just fine with the with the utmost respect and the dignity of a human being. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't because the communities that I'm in, I don't they don't they don't have those sentiments. You know what I'm saying? I don't my personal uh opinion about the police is 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 built upon my experiences within my community with the police. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? So it didn't come outside of my community. It's the same community that I represent, the same community that I claim that I advocate for and I want to change. That that's where I get my temperament and I get my outlook on the police. You feel what I'm saying? It didn't come from me uh going to do when I when I did wrong and I got caught because that's that's my that's my fault. You feel what I'm saying? If I do dirt and I get caught, okay, cool. The police are doing their job. That's I'm I'm not, I'm not against that. You mm-hmm. get what I'm saying? I'm not against you it being rules and a set of regulations and I know if I violate these rules and regulations that I'm going to get it's going to be consequences. I can live with that as a man. I live with my consequences and my decisions. But when I go into the community that I that I'm from that that where my family lives or my nephews might live and I'm talking to the people and I talk to the people and ask them how they feel about the police they are not they are not uh sharing the same sentiments as these people who claim that they work in these communities and there is a good group of people that are doing this work Uh, some of them I know that were like first to defend uh police chief James Craig and saying James Craig is someone working with the community. And yeah. I've always felt that it, it's still not necessarily even an individual issue. It's kind of like what you said, the the system of policing, yeah. because the system of policing calls for an outside entity to solve internal problems. Mm-hmm. And that outside entity does see criminality in definitely black men, but black people in general. Mm-hmm. So calling police to situations Sometimes can get you arrested yourself when exactly. you want assistance. Exactly. We've seen count like this new the the new age of social media and everybody pulling their phone up to record things. You know, this stuff is not new. And it just exposes it just, what it, has it just existed. Gives us a visual. And then furthermore, that's when and and God knows, man, it was it's so crazy. This the George Floyd video was so was so surreal in the sense of you have this officer knowing that they're being videotaped by multiple people, basically mm-hmm. people shouting, "Hey, get off him!" for eight minutes, mm-hmm. Man. and him still not giving a damn. So no. it's like if he's doing that and you can see while being taped, if he's doing that while being taped, God knows what the hell he's doing when he when there's no tape around. Exactly, you know, just and and then they. The, the the callous way that they just went on all four officers and said resisting arrest and, and then and then just like we can go back to um the mike brown and the um all you know um from from those situations that you know because it was mike brown it was trayvon martin it was yeah. uh you know we had uh tamir trayvon Rice, martin philando uh, castile all those tamir all Rice. those happened and these a, are are a, all more prominently exactly. and right now Brianna Taylor which the Brianna Taylor taste we don't have video of but exactly. just reading the story it's like what the hell is going and they like still that is a that is a uh the Brianna Taylor case is a that's a hit that's a that's an yeah. all out murderous yeah. hit they that tried, looked they like was something trying to charge the uh before the protest happened they was trying to charge the boyfriend yes with her with her murder 
Yeah. Basically, so what they was trying to say was he was in the act Friendly of a crime fire, yeah. and then they killed and they yeah. killed her. But he was defending himself, which got proven. And then once the protest start, they knew that they was gonna have a lot of backlash if they tried to they tried to charge him. They let him go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And we've seen countless times where uh, our people have defended themselves against police, and then we have the community sometimes who will ostracize that those people and 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 villainize those people only going off of the police word and and when i i, I feel like at the if, if anything if nothing else we should give our people the benefit of the doubt when dealing with the police because the police have zero the credibility track, zero zero credibility in our community yeah. should, the police should have zero credibility now now this is where i would say it becomes a layered discussion yeah. And it's good that I have you in here mm -hmm. uh, from someone that actually engages the community on in a direct level. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people label it grassroots. Yeah. I still always wonder, you know, what the interpretation of grassroots means, yeah. you know, personally, uh, as people always say that about me as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so. So engaging with the community uh, directly. I believe there are intermediaries, there are mediators, there are people in certain positions of influence. Mm -hmm. And because of our other conditions in our in our in ourselves, what we've been dealing with um, as people here in America, a platform of anything is better than the platform sometimes of of the nothing we've been given as black people. So. So finding yourself in this space where you're almost a um, a person in a position of to to get something from the organization uh, from the machine I should say mm -hmm. more so to to give back to the people it can be alluring you know people are allured to mm -hmm. to sit down and you know as as we say you know it was a group of people that met with the mayor yesterday it's a group of people that met with the chief of police. It's it's alluring to meet with the state police troops and and quote unquote hear your demands heard. And when you hear your demands heard, now by aligning yourself with what they say they're gonna do, and even if you start getting a runaround, you're 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 caught in a trick bag yeah. of it when they don't deliver. The community looks at you and says, damn, man, you said yeah. that this was going to happen mm -hmm. and it didn't. Yeah. And then you go back to the politicians or whatever and they say, ah, you know, things are slowed down and we got this Republican state house. We got this Republican president. Mm -hmm. We got these Supreme Court justices that don't want to change nothing. I, you know, I'm all for you and I'm for the people, but I I, I want to change it. I feel like you, but we can't change nothing. And then you got to go back to the people and tell them, hey, this person is for the pe keep people. You know, we see them wearing kente cloth and they took a knee. You know what I'm saying? So that you see they with us. Right. It's just them other people yeah. that ain't for us. So yeah. th we need more of your support as the people to uh -huh. get out here and vote. Yeah. And, or we need more of your support to get out here and, 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 and get this petition signed and that'll change it. Yeah. And the people in the community ain't hearing that shit. No. The people in the community like you said shouldn't. A, we want A. You never said we can get A if this, 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 yeah. this, 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 and that all happen. Yeah. And it's many people that are caught in that position. You know, I've been in groups 
fought in that position. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember it was a strong fight against Proposal 2, which was uh, the, as crazy as it is, I don't know if you remember this fight. It was like one of the bigger fights against against affirmative action, kind of led up by a bunch of students that were, I think, posturing, trying to get into U of M. Right. And then you still look at U of M's campus today. It's no more black. You know, if affirmative action is in place in U of M, it's definitely meeting a bare minimum quota. Mm-hmm. And that bare minimum quota damn sure ain't black. Yeah, and then, you know, with affirmative action, you know what I'm saying? You know, that uh, that that they broaden the, the criteria where certain people who shouldn't qualify for affirmative action do qualify for affirmative action. So it's like and and that's and 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 that's what we have to pay attention. We have to like for me, I let history be my biggest uh teacher mm-hmm. and, and, and how I judge um what I what to fight for and how to fight for it. You mm-hmm. know, because a lot of people like to reinvent things and just claim that they doing something new. And we just spoke about this off air as far as like there's no new idea out here under the sun. There's nothing new. So what you doing has been done before. You might uh change the methods or the the steps that you take to get there but but the whole idea is basically the same so we what we want you know in the 60s they fought for the civil rights act so they got mm-hmm. their civil rights act it got signed into law it's, it's passed and everything but do we did it affect our communities and change our communities for the better no that's a clear no no there's no way you can argue with that the Civil Rights Act helped our people in any way, shape, or form. Our communities have been on a clear decline since the 50s and the 60s. It's, it's, mm. it's clear. It's, it's, it's not uh, up and down. It's, not, it's just a clear decline. We, uh, fa- we have less fathers in the household for a multitude of reasons. We have more women being um, you know, addicted to drugs, having babies and stuff like that, when that was basically like unheard of in in a lot of our communities. And we all know that that was a plan and that was put in place and drugs were put into our communities on purpose. We understand that, but that that's just, that's, we have to look at what did we ask for and what did we actually get? You know what I'm saying? Like people say, oh, well, we got to reform and change the system. How do you reform and change a system whose core values is the destruction of your of people who look like you mm. you know what i'm saying is that's that's what this whole system is based off of when the 13 colonies originated and organized and they and they formed their constitution they looked at you as less than human and that's why they wrote it in the constitution and the same people the the grandchildren great-grandchildren of these forefathers of these people still are alive and in power today the power has not changed hands from the original 13 colonies if you look at it and study you'll see that it's just been the power has just been passed down it's still the same people the same families the same infrastructure the same uh basically the same policies they just reworded them just like when when people you know 1865 we look at that as when we got out of slavery but then the 13th amendment also tells you that slavery is still legal in this country if you get convicted of a crime you can be used as a slave and also all you have to do is look at the prison industrial complex you know what i'm saying i was in prison the most money that i made i made 15 dollars a month that was mm-hmm. the best job that i had $15 a month and there are prisoners who depend on that money every month to survive. Yeah. $15 a month when you got 
one phone call is three dollars. A mean, noodle is fifty cent. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so how do you? Yeah, and and then you're not getting uh, sustainable sustainable stuff from the actual prison. So they're not feeding you enough where you can survive. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But where you can you gonna barely survive. You're not gonna do no physical activity. You can you know what I'm saying? You gonna walk to the cafeteria, eat, walk to your bunk, and chill. You feel? <laughs> I'm just you mm-hmm. know I'm just that's the reality of prison. People like you not getting rehabilitated. If anything, you learn how to be a better criminal because you around people who not rehabilitated, unless mm. they choose to rehabilitate they, to rehabilitate themselves. That's mm. who you. And then you have to find those brothers who are not just predators or looking to take advantage of you because they got a lot of time and they might need a couple of dollars. You know what I'm saying? So they're gonna find you and you gullible and they're gonna take advantage of you. So it's it's the whole system is messed up. It's jacked up from the top to the bottom. The whole root cause of it is is the system that we live in. The country is built on racism. It's built on destruction. So you're not going to reform that. You don't reform a uh, you don't reform a lion. You know what I'm saying? Into a a vegan is not. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Even if you take it out as natural habitat, it's still going to want to eat meat. It's still going. Then eventually, it might it might bite you. You know what I'm saying? It might turn on you. You know what I'm saying? Because this is a lion. So this system, oh yeah, they might make things like yeah they they dress up in the kente cloth they give us the civil rights act they'll give us empowerment zones affirmative action we can go through countless and countless lists of legislation that they've passed on behalf of so you know behalf of our people you know what i'm saying but nine times out of ten it's not a person that has our best interest who's even formulating the legislation who's writing it you know what i'm saying they don't come from a place where they can even halfway understand what we go through and how it is to wake up every day and feel how we feel. You know what I'm saying? And, and to to basically live in a place where you feel threatened every day. You know what I'm saying? All right. So you, you talk about living in a place where we can feel threatened every day. And the root of what this history is and how distorted it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, you've moved towards urban farming and gardening as a gateway for community and your own independence and community away from the system. Mm -hmm. What led you into this? Um, You know, I've always been interested in growing my own food. You know, I've always understood that why, why would I allow another person to control my livelihood in that manner? Because food basically is the fuel to your life. Without food, you don't survive. Without food and water, you will perish. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I've always had a problem with having to pay for something that's so dear and near to my life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So if I don't have money, then that means that I don't deserve to live. I don't deserve food, nourishment for my body. You know what I'm saying? Just just to get through to the next day, to maybe mm-hmm. make a difference or, you know, you know, get a job or whatever it may be that I need to survive in this society. Um, so with that thought process, when once I um got out into in the community and started meeting different advocates or uh people who were out here um advocating I, I bumped into a brother who was doing a garden over at uh over on um ferry park um so i helped him um with, with yusuf he did a garden we started off with the gorilla garden and i and i just got into it and i helped him and then once i started doing that i i, I started to learn more about my own family history and realized that i come from a long history of farmers but i never knew this i didn't know this i didn't know that 
my whole family basically on both sides was uh you know on both of my mother's side her mother and her father's side they were they they had a long history of of agriculture in 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 our in our family hmm. you know so once i once i realized that so i kind of like okay so this is something that i should be doing because it's it's in it's in me you know i didn't never i didn't really um you know i definitely study you know i definitely read and research and and and, and get on point but a lot of what I know was already inside of me. And once I started gardening and farming, it was like I knew certain things that I had never really studied. You know what I'm saying? It was just innately inside of me. It's like I knew how to identify certain plants, but I, I didn't read and research them. You know what I'm saying? I went and read and researched after the fact to, to you know, to kind of check, like to make sure that I wasn't putting out any inf misinformation or, you know, that, you know, that I was on the right path. So, so it's basically like, and then as I started studying and I started doing some research about uh, liberation movements, you know what I'm saying? A lot of them were based off of land and agriculture. You know, you can go to the Republic of New Africa, you know what I'm saying? They chose some of the most fertile land in this country to, to choose and to, to say that we would claim for us as a people. You know, the five states that they claim, they're very fertile, you know what I'm saying? Very good land down there for us to live. And that was purposely done. The RNA picked that, the Republic of New Africa picked that land on purpose. And a lot of the people who were, you know, at the forefront, who were soldiers and warriors were, you know, were farmers, you know, uh, or doctors or herbalists or stuff like, you know what I'm saying? Natural people who use the earth and nature as our, you know, as a, as a, as a way of liberation. You know, that's what one of my mantras is liberation through agriculture, hmm. because agriculture is not just growing food. Agriculture is the working of the land in general, period. So if you mine diamonds, that's a form of agriculture. If you mine uh, copper or all those, that's a form of agriculture because it's dealing with working of the land. You know what I mean? And then once I realized that and I started doing a lot of studying and, you know, uh, working with Baba Malik. Uh, here at D-Town Farms, Baba Tunde, um, which I was in prison with, um, and, 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 and continue to study with him, you know, um, outside uh, of, of prison too. It, it, it was just natural, it was just a natural, you know, way for me to go, you know, and, it, and it's very needed in our communities because we, we don't have uh, a lot of, we only really have two uh, major chain grocery stores here. We have Myers on 8 Mile and we have uh, Whole Foods. All the rest of them are, you know, little neighborhood grocery stores and they're not they're not efficient. They don't have they're not up to par. You got bad produce. You got bad meat. You got bad products, period, because the people who own them don't come from this community. We don't have one black owned grocery store in, in Detroit in the 85, 88 percent black city. We have uh, basically the whole Detroit. If you don't live by Whole Foods or the Myers and then uh, is a food desert. You know, and food desert being that you don't have access to fresh produce um, and, a, and a, you know, a, a fresh grocery store, a good grocery store that sells things that are not outdated, you know what I'm saying, or not uh, need to be sold by tomorrow type of type of thing. And if you go into these local grocery stores, majority of them are, are of that quality. They, they don't have any thing that is basically good for you or that can help you sustain your life or that can give you the proper nourishment that you would need. So that's my that was my goal is to provide the proper nourishment for our communities that we need. Okay, so on this journey, 
what has it awakened in you? As you said, it definitely ties you to your own family roots, finding out a whole lot more about the ties that you already have to farming and gardening mm-hmm. and knowing how to uh, grow your own. What else has it connected you to uh, and what opportunities has it created for you? Um, like I said, it, it, it has connected me to um, a, a, actually a national uh you know basically i would call it maybe a a national coalition of people who are growing their own food like i've met people from florida i've met people uh i've been to baltimore i've been to uh atlanta uh dealing with conferences uh of of black people who are growing food and and not are just growing food but they are growing food for a purpose you know not just to grow food so i can have some lettuce and kale in my refrigerator but understanding that that this is uh basically like the foundation of nation building is working the land so without land you can't have a nation so then once you get the land you got to have people who know how to work the land you know and, and utilize the land that is best for us because that is the number one uh money currency or anything on this earth land so once you get land, if you don't know how to cultivate it or you don't know how to use it to your advantage, you just got land. You just got some a bunch of land sitting there. You know what I'm saying? You can have 100 acres if you don't know how to cultivate it, if you don't know how to use it, if you don't know how to grow something on there, if you don't know how to build something on there, you're going the land is going to be useless. So for me, it has connected me into, you know, uh, it has took my movement from just basically being based in Detroit to actually being a national and international based movement. You know, um, my farm is called Liberated Farms. Um, I this I went through a situation where I had some some people, uh, some women in that com- uh, white women in that community um, where I grew up at. I grew up in this community uh, over 20 years, have been in this community, involved in this community. It hasn't always been uh, positive, I would say. You know, I can definitely admit my faults you know previous to uh me changing my mindset i definitely was a part of the destruction of my community and i can admit that so that was one of the fires that fueled me to go back into my community to to make a change because i know that i, I might have in the past influenced people to go a different way so mm-hmm. now with me knowing that i have that influence and i have that uh i don't like the word power but you know i have a, a certain level of respect in my community Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So now I can use that to be positive. Now I can use that to show, okay, look, yeah, I used to sell drugs. I used to do this and that, but now I'm doing this and I'm doing it and I'm li- and I'm and I'm living a better lifestyle than I was when I was out in the streets. I don't have to worry about the dangers of, you know, some of the dangers that I had to worry about in the streets. Some of them translate even into this movement, which is crazy to me, but at the end of the day, we all know that you know, when you start to uh, build up your people, it's going to people that's going to want to destroy that and keep them down. So, yeah. you know, I've been through, you know, I've been through the fire, man. I had uh, from in a two month span, I had the police called on me over 20 times. Wow. And, and just on to your farm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, all for, I was doing was building. For what reason? Um. So basically, or what reason did they give you? I should say. Uh, so basically, when the situation was going on, the police never gave me a reason why they were being called. I asked wow. them that. I asked them that every time that they showed up, I said, "What kind of call do they have to put in for you guys to show up five cars deep 
for one person, just me. I'm just out there by myself most of the time. And I'm glad that I was out there by myself most of the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I know that it can escalate different the personalities can escalate exactly. And I'm and I'm and I don't like the police. I don't have a good yeah. thought process with the police. And when they approach the way that they approach, is I'm very I'm already on the defense. You know what I'm saying? I'm already yeah. on my stance. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, you know, as it was going, as it as as it was going, I couldn't quite understand. I'm like, well. All they have to do is just get on the phone, call the police and say anything that I'm doing, anything. And you guys show up on their defense. But when I show you and expose to you exactly what I'm doing, I, I can show you the plants. I can show you the garden. I can show you where I'm boarded up the house. I can show you where I cleaned up the area by the house, threw all the trash out. You know what I'm saying? I'm showing the police this as they pulling up. I'm like, look, 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 look. But they show right back up. They show right back up the next day. Hey, yeah, we got a call. Such and such, such and such. What's going on, man? You, th they said you threatening them. This and that. So then it started to come out of what they were saying. So one time they called. They said I had a gun. I'm out yeah. there raking leaves. I don't. I don't have a gun. This is on. And I didn't find this out until I had until I was arrested. And then the body cam footage from the police officer came out. So yeah. when he pull up on me, he don't tell me that they said that I had a gun. He pulls up. So he pulled up on me, talked to me for a minute. Then he pulled up on the on the on the women who called. After he pulls off, he pulls up to another police car, but his body cam is running. So we got this footage at the trial. So at the so at, on the footage, he's saying that you know this is crazy. Whoop de whoop. They said that he had a gun. He don't got a gun. He just out here raking leaves. I was literally out there raking leaves. They called the police and said that I had a gun. Wow. So so once so so now. You know, after all of that, and so now I know basically that they was just they were trying to use the police as a weapon. A crimp, they weaponized the police exactly. Uh, and and it's funny. This is in the shadows. I saw just a moment of the uh, Oprah Gail King special about race in America, mm -hmm. and it just happened to hit on the moment where Gail was interviewing the bird watch man in uh, in Central Park. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it was his sister that put that video up and his sister spoke. Yeah, my, my brother sees things differently, differently than me. And he even spoke and he told Gail and it's like, wow, that's surprising. He was like, you know, I don't even wear contacts lenses because as a black man, I know that if I have glasses on, I'm less threatening. And I was like, damn, this is deep. Yeah. Just seeing him normalize that mm -hmm. whole experience. Yeah. And as the women in your in your neighborhood, the white women in your neighborhood, your mm -hmm. new neighbors in the, in the neighborhood, mm -hmm. uh, just function in a different way. Yeah, as I say, like uh, and, even and looking at defunding the police, even the criminality angle uh, that exists in our community, mm -hmm. like I, I believe it's a it's a it's an organic way to approach people. Mm -hmm. To, to have an exchange with people. Mm -hmm. I've been living in this neighborhood for years. Yeah. My dad used to have some very interesting exchanges with sometimes the uh, some of the dope boys in the neighborhood. But it still got to a point where they ended up respecting my dad. Where it was like, look, kids are on this block. So you need to conduct your street business in mm -hmm. a certain way that honors the children over here. Exactly. Sometimes you can approach people in a way that can... Uh, do what we would love for police to be able to do and that is to diffuse situations mm -hmm. all based on what your approach to dealing with people are mm -hmm. and that's the tough thing about people uh 
white and I'll even say even black. If you don't understand the context of some of the Detroit communities and the inner city neighborhoods, mm -hmm. then you're you're going to more than likely criminalize everything mm -hmm. and everyone. Yeah. My neighborhood right now in this house here, this Detroit is different incubator space it's been people that don't even want to come here for an interview because they look it up on the map or they drive down the street and see a house is boarded up and they're like am i cool am i safe and i'm like yeah you're beyond safe over here right. if anything i feel like i'm safer in a yeah. neighborhood like this yeah. than i am in a neighborhood that the that i guess america labels as safe exactly basically uh exactly. and that's a, a place with a better school district yeah. i assume a better school district is a lot of white children live around there and i assume any place with a lot of white children is probably a place that i can get the police called on me for nothing exactly for walking up the street and, yes. and before this incident i you know outside of you know my my neighborhood of course and this can go and, and this can be applied to any neighborhood in detroit yeah is a drug area it's, you know what i'm saying yes Any, almost 90 percent of detroit can be classified as this but the reality is as we're seeing with this quote unquote even though it's labeled different the opioid addiction yeah america itself is a drug, is a drug area exactly you know exactly cvs is a drug exactly. dealer like we can we can label so, it what we want so, to and we'll and say it's a different transaction and blah 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 yeah. but as we see through the prescription painkillers uh -huh. and stuff like that and, america's a drug and the, and the crazy part about it is is that uh one of the officers that was involved in in the situation he was the community police officer right mm -hmm. so he gave me a car one that's like maybe like the 15th time the police didn't been called on me so i'm frustrated wow. like i ain't never called the police ever in my life he gave me his personal cell phone number. I called this brother. Mm -hmm. I said, bro, I'm tired of the police getting called on me. I said, you see me every day. You ride past me before they even start calling the police on me. He used to ride past me every day. Every time I'm at the field, he'll hit the horn, whoop, we whoop, whatever, whatever. I throw the deuces or I don't, whatever it is. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So he knew that I was a, a, I, I, my presence has already been in this community before these women start calling the police on me. And to just to let the clarify for the people that's listening, they didn't start calling the police on me until I painted a tree red, back, black, and green. Mm -hmm. So let's clarify. Let's let's be before that they was trying to be a part of it. They wanted to help. This, that, and the third. They was letting they the one of them had a, a son and a nephew. They was sending their nephew and son over there to help me clean up when I was out there. Sometimes you know what I'm saying. Uh, I you know. They 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 donated uh some 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 soil one time or whatever whatever you know what I'm saying. So the minute that I painted the tree red black and green, and they see that you know I'm I'm basically for my people and this is for my people, and but it's for the whole community and they are members of that community so they were included in it. I didn't exclude them. I didn't tell them, hey, don't come over here. You can't be a part of this. This is for black people only. Blah blah blah. Because it's not about that. At mm -hmm. the end of the day, if you live in my community, you go through the same struggles I go through. Period. Yeah. I don't care what you look like. You know what I'm saying? Like I grew up, it's white boys I grew up with that police jump out on them just like they jump out on me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They throw them on the ground just like they throw me on the ground. So I don't look at him the same way that I would look at a European who don't come from my community because yes. I understand that he knows my he he understands my struggle on a on a on a level that most don't. 
Mm-hmm. And and it are some there are some Europeans out here that can they can you know they can level with us on that not many of course because yeah. even at the end of the day if he chose to clean himself up and go move somewhere else he's still gonna be a European I think I, I think know it's I mean? a you know a, as we know race is a cultural construct as they always say like it was it was created uh, it was created in the 17th century mm-hmm. as a way to keep black people enslaved yeah it was a way to define us as a different class and character of people mm-hmm. because the other justification for enslavement was the fact that we were savages and didn't have god in our life right. and when god was introduced to us uh particularly especially in the transatlantic slave trade here in america by the germanic tribes of like that carolina's region mm-hmm it was like, oh, shit, we need to come up with something else that justifies these people being enslaved, that they're savages, their brains don't mm-hmm. function. And this is so innately connected to higher education because this is the start of sociology. Mm-hmm. This is the start of a lot of psychology. Mm-hmm. This is the start of a lot of anthropology. Mm-hmm. These were psychologists and these were some of the, as white society would label them or Western civilization would label foremost thinkers right writing long essays on the size of the black brain and things like mm-hmm. that that scene in uh i don't know if people have seen it Django Unchained with mm-hmm. uh Leonardo DiCaprio where he's like you know when you look at this nigga skull you're going to have a a circumference like this these this is the type of rhetoric yeah that was so called science to backed up by yes, science yes it was the ted talk mm-hmm. of, of the, the 17th, 17th century <laughs> And it was the the most talked about stuff yeah. going across Europe mm-hmm. up to justify why we were enslaved. Yeah. So when when we think about the 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 first off to make the cultural construct of race in mm-hmm. their society and what it identified with, and that we as black people more so than any other group never have the opportunity to assimilate. There are different shades of 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 Latinx people or Indian people, or what we label as Native American people, Mm -hmm. or Asian people. Mm -hmm. But they can blend in that spectrum. Mm -hmm. Whereas black people, it's no, it's no, it's rare we have the opportunity to assimilate to the machine. Without being mixed, of course. Yes. And and that's crazy because um, just touching back on my family history, um, my my great great grandfather was like of light hue. Yeah. So when he married my great great grandmother, she was dark. Mm-hmm. So they used to tell they used to actually my my great great grandfather could pass for a European back then. And I'm pretty sure that it was, you know, probably not the same uh type of European that we that we see today because of, you know, uh mixing and all that type of stuff. So um I'm not sure if because you got some Europeans who have a little darker, you know, get what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I don't, I'm not sure. Skin, yeah, yeah, yeah. Say, got you, got closer you. to the Mediterranean. So they used to always ask my great grandmother, what are you doing with that white man? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But they, but my grandfather not white. He just light skin. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, I have a daughter that's light, bright like that. And me and her mama is are the same complexion. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So we make many shades and, um, you know, it's the, and, and and I say that to say, just to touch on what you're saying, is just like, like you say, it's harder for us to blend in. You know what I'm saying? It's harder for us to uh, assimilate assimilate into it, this culture because, but but again, assimilation is just another form of oppression. 
It sure is. You know what I'm saying? Because we're being forced to be something that we're not. Just like when they came into, when they came into, uh, let's you know, using um, you know, our ancestors when they when they arrived and our ancestors first seen Europeans or whatsoever, we were embracing. We I embraced mean, but them. We have a, the same we, way I'm of the sure native were, people here. Yeah, we were. We were. Yeah. I'm pretty sure people had skepticism because we had never seen them. But as far as you know, our nature is an embracive, loving, caring, nurturing nature. So, I, so yeah. we accepted though those yes. people. So, so you got to look at it from that concept. On our end, we accepted them the way that they were. So then, yes. when they came, and now they came, and they be they come with their friendly faces. They learn all the ways of our culture. They learn all the ways of how we live, how we work the land, how we do this. And then once they learn that, it's like they turn, they turn on you. Well, I think uh, you know what I'm saying. It's like I, they. It's, I, I think historically, African civilization is one of abundance and community yeah. because it's so. It's the cradle of civilization. Exactly. It's so many. It's abundant with resources. Mm -hmm. So, whereas Europe is the opposite. It's exactly. scarce. The right. the whole idea of capitalism, as I was speaking in my last interview, is built on scarcity. Yeah. It's not. You know, winter itself is a reason to 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 want to have weapons. Whereas in a in Africa, it's abundant of fruit, vegetables, yeah. animals, water, uh, minerals, like everything you would want. Where now people have the autonomy to focus on developing knowledge, uh, investing exactly. uh, in so much other than just thinking of weaponizing themselves. Whereas Western civilization is based on individualism. It's based on ownership. It's based on uh, concepts that are not African based. Even to this day, with our disconnect in our own black communities, as you just spoke about, you know, the way we we build, we we're we we have that in our we have the natural disposition to be that way we don't have the the um we don't have the fears of violence like even uh like here's a classic example i always use uh sci-fi movies and i'm not the biggest sci-fi person but when most sci-fi movies obviously are built from the lens of western civilization mm -hmm. uh, as it's you know a part of the media machine is a big part of it but they always see aliens as coming to Earth and attacking us. Right. Black people would never see aliens as coming to the Earth and attacking us. We would see aliens as coming to the Earth and being able to engage with what we consider exactly. an alien is. Right, exactly. But that just shows the lens of how mm -hmm. Western culture sees things. Yeah. And 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 the, and and that goes to show you how they look at us, how they view because because they view because that's their nature. Yes. You 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 can't ignore the nature of something. Like we were just talking about the lion. You can take a lion and you can put a lion in the zoo. But the lion is still is is nature is still there. You can you can you can compress that nature. You can repress that nature to a to where it doesn't come out as often as 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 you know, because you don't want it to. You can drug them. You can de-teeth them, take all their claws. You feel what I'm saying? You can do all this to a lion, but at the end of the day, when that spark, when that, when that, when that nature click, is going to do what a lion does. Mm -hmm. You feel what I'm saying? And that just goes and 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 I can and I can use that as a, for our people is when we are left alone and we are allowed to build in a way that benefits us. We thrive, even in an oppressive society. Yes, you can look at it. There have been. You go back to reconstruction. 
when yeah. the, the the first 15 to 20 years after slavery we thrived we came from being miseducated being not taught how to read not this da 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 looked upon as savages to building cities to being congressmen to being uh, yes uh everything that you can think of we had all the skills building building economic systems because and, during slavery yeah. the slave master didn't really have to have a skill they really didn't do anything I would, they, they, I would they, uh, they, you know, if you got free labor from everybody else, why would I be working? I could be doing whatever I want to be doing. I would argue even, even to now in our community, yeah, of like, course, we still even thrive. with the, even with the street economy, yeah. even though it's, it's one of those weird things. Like when, when members of the street economy are glamorized through people like, uh, like Al Prophet or uh dj vlad yeah. they're looking at it from a eurocentric end yeah. lens of like this is how much money they made this yeah. is how many murders they had mm -hmm. this is their conquests, and these are the material yeah. goods they had yeah. they never look at it from the flip side or even a pablo escobar too like yeah. the way that you know it's it's so many uh people it's, in the street economy that turn around and just reinvest into different programs and different mm -hmm. people they know doing yeah. doing real things like it's when you look it's, at it it's existed like where like why you know where it, it it floors i think sometimes people that are not of our culture and our community to know like damn why would one of these biggest drug dealers just go on and just give those that pay rent for all those people for no reason right and it's like it happens whereas like in a movie it's like well i'll pay your rent and i can make it a drug house it's like no no. That, that rarely happens yeah. what usually happens is it's a it's a it's like if you're in this community you'll be surprised some of the relationships and some of the adoration that people have yeah. for people doing real work on mm -hmm. all levels yeah and 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 that just goes like we can go back just another prime example of that we can go back to the panthers yeah like i i know uh personally you know what I'm saying? Some some members of the Panther Party from Detroit that was a part of, you know what I'm saying, Detroit. And how they did it, you know, this is just from, you know, conversations uh how they did it. They went to the drug dealers. You know, they yeah. went to the because they we, they understood that they were looked at in the community as a prominent figure. And more they also so know than that, yeah. A politician yeah. or more so than a, a TV movie star because these people have you you have a direct connection right now i can come talk to the drug dealer you know what i'm saying if i need rent money i can come talk to the to the dope man in the hood if you know what i'm saying so the panthers actually went to to those people you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. as 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 a as a uh a gap builder to you know what i'm saying to yeah. to, to uh create program a lot of their programs were funded by those people not necessarily uh from oh. drug money yeah. but from those individuals seeing a, a purpose in what yeah. they were doing so they yeah. said here yeah here you need this we, we'll give it to you and yeah. this is not something that i'm speculating or i'm guessing this is from directly from the horse's mouth of people who lived it and breathed yeah. it you know what i'm saying and that I and mean, i most, and i know that from experience even today i mean almost every a lot of contributors news, yeah. you know what i'm saying are yeah might be on the uh outside world outlaw type of world or you know the yeah the, the, the you know the, the street economy yeah exactly the street say. economy i like that that's a good term the so, street economy I mean, but the street economy as and see but and that's, that's the, the main economy within, of our community with, when you really think yeah. about it even especially in detroit we know detroit like detroit is different on that level because i've been to other cities and it's like um you know what i'm saying like the that that really fuels the economy in detroit well i i think that the the tough thing about that it's a couple things uh one 
another point I brought up in one of these interviews on the series. Most black newspapers were started with number with money from the numbers man, mm-hmm. and that's across like because lending is not an option for black bank, exactly. banks are not giving loans to black people. That's just not what banks do. So that's step one. But step two is uh, when when we look at America. We have to question what is, you know, do we accept all of the rules and the laws? I think there's a way to do something that America may label as illegal. And then there's a lot of things that are immoral in our community, but they're perfectly legal. Like the way that a person can buy the home of someone that's still living in it, but they say that it's foreclosed on. To me, that should be illegal. Exactly. But America will say that's immoral, but it's still legal. Yeah, but I'll yeah. say you have a family living in that house. Yeah, because it was. It but was, but this man right here may be doing something that they'll say, you know, he's running numbers, and it's like, yeah. okay, but the people or that are are, are in in this, like yeah. yeah, the people that are in this, yeah, are growing weed or whatever. Like, it's certain things that American society labels mm-hmm. as illegal that we accept as I saying agree. it's still moral in our community. I agree. But this 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 legal immoral act is something we hate in our yeah. community. Exactly. We hate narcotics. It's just like it's just like a drug. Like you, a drug dealer will get 30, 40 years, and a person who touch a baby will get three or four years. Yes. in prison, it's the yes. same thing. When I was in prison, the pedophiles and the and the, and the rapists were protected. Mm. Like if you did something to them, you caught a new case, hmm. a whole new case. But if I get into a fight with a with a regular dude or hmm. or a Nazi. And they beat me up. It's not going to be a hate crime. But if I get into it with a pedophile and I beat him up and I just say I happen to say pedophile while I'm beating him up or or gay or whatever the word or whatever it is, it's a hate crime. Mm. You see what I'm saying? It's a hate crime. Just like I, I was having a conversation. No, nah, nah, I mean, we had to say that for another. But it was it's like everybody tries to accumulate or uh equate their struggle to our struggle as a people yes and i don't agree with that because i didn't ask to be this way Mm -hmm. you feel what i'm saying i was born this way i was born who i am and i was hated discriminated and oppressed from the day that i was born well i think you know what i'm saying by this society yeah the skin we're in changes a lot of other like like even the 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 struggles that jewish people have had historically in the world that the but Jewish people usually have a option of assimilating, which yeah. you, like you're right to assimilate is to su- support oppression. Yeah. But that's what makes the machine of whiteness in America so so evil that all of these other uh, European ethnic groups have assimilated to whiteness because they knew that fighting against the white machine and white supremacy was something they didn't want to do. Italians didn't want to do it. Right. Irish people didn't want to do it. Exactly. Polish people didn't want to do it. Right. Jewish people didn't want to do it. They said, you know what? Maybe the the foundational and, people, and meaning like the first the first generation. Yes, in in you know in the in the in the forties and fifties. Even Detroit, but most of America was filled with uh, what they label as ghettos, but different communities of these different European ethnic groups. Whereas now it's very niche because many have assimilated to whiteness. Many have assimilated to whiteness and there are black people definitely striving to assimilate to whiteness. But the difference is when you're black and you try to assimilate to whiteness, you get knocked your ass back down quick like a tiger woods. And also, we have to also remember that their assimilation does not come with 
a uh, destroying of their history and their heritage. They mm. still get to keep their Polish name. They still know their Polish history. They still know their Jewish yeah. history. They still know their origin. They know where they come from. They can follow their bloodline all the way to the source, damn near. Yeah. And that's and that's for almost any European. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now you got some that was dis uh, distorted a little bit like ours was, but, but not in the same manner because mm. I don't even have a clue who I am. I don't even have a clue what tribe I belong. You get what I'm saying? Well, they yeah. have the uh, they have the DNA tracking yeah, I, and I'm the not, testing. I'm not a fan of that. But then, then as black people, we have to say to ourselves, "Do I want to give my DNA exactly to some organization?" They were selling. It, it, it came out. It, they've twenty three and Me was selling the DNA to the law enforcement to other people. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? But then, then, then this is also: Do we trust them to tell us anything honestly? That's even yeah. the African ancestry is owned by ancestry.com. Everybody mm -hmm. want to say, oh no, it's it's black. No, it's not. Mm -hmm. No, it's not. You can't show me. I I have yet to see an independent lab that has the best interest of our people with scientists in it that look like me and you. I don't know. I don't know any uh any lab, any of uh, you know, uh, uh medical science building infrastructure not saying that it doesn't even exist i'm saying that i haven't personally seen a independently funded lab to to study anything that they say about science as it as it goes to us in the in the best interest of black people exactly so like if me and you started a science mm -hmm. lab we know that we'll be trying to prove or disprove the things that they say mm -hmm. in science about us well it would it more than likely i mean just due to the uh what what would they call that the barriers of entry that's there yeah we go. the barriers of entry there that's the economic term it's going to be tough and it'll yeah. have to more than likely be tied to uh tied to academic institutions academic institutions are usually tied to strong financial institutions or philanthropic interests that have kind of go back to that 360 spin of what built race in the first place exactly. which that science brings me as you know we get closer to a close but this is a great discussion i want to talk a little bit about in farming as you know definitely eating from the earth is natural but the earth itself due to science has changed in many ways as as we know that seeds or i don't know if people know but there are patents on seeds there's mm -hmm. patents on soil there are different uh pesticides i know now that can be sprayed in the air that yes, can sir. stop your crop from growing the next year yeah. what's happening in science and then how do we keep things natural and avoid a lot of the uh mad science going so on in our natural food source that we want to grow. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you said that. Um so we need to also know that the earth is a self-healing organism. The earth is alive. You know what I'm saying? So all everything that you can every system that you've been that you have in your body uh -huh. is in the earth. So you know, it, but it's it's it, it would it definitely uh, in a different form you know what i'm saying so like let's say for example like rivers and and lakes would be like the veins of the, the of circulatory the, of the, of the, exactly there you go mm -hmm. be like the circulatory system um the clouds and and that way would be like the respiratory system or the, mm -hmm. the trees give off oxygen this is for a reason mm -hmm. you know this is our for a reason so with that being said no matter what science 
or evil method that they come up with to try to destroy the earth, the earth has a counter to it. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So let's just say, like, for instance, when they tear down the house and they leave a vacant lot and all that stuff, debris, they bury that debris, right? So we know that that's damaging to the earth in a way because you can't use that soil, you can't grow on that soil. So that's why we will use raised beds or stuff like that. That's one way. But also, you can plant sunflowers, you can plant different plants that pull those toxic metals, that pull anything that doesn't belong in the soil out of the soil. Mm. And the only thing that you the only thing that you don't do is you don't eat the sunflower seeds or you don't eat the flowers of the whatever plants that you plant because sunflowers are just one of them. That, that, those are one of the most popular and common ones Methods. that you can use mm-hmm. is plant that. But you got different other plants that pull from the you got uh you got a plant like burdock root that pulls pulls things from the from the earth. You have uh things let's say like uh um what's the lambs lambs uh leaf mm. that pulls uh different things uh nettle uh you have different plants that pull these toxins and release these and, and get rid of these toxins from the earth that that's their that's their role in the earth because a lot of these things are natural to the earth you get what i'm saying they come from the earth you get what i'm saying even mm. some of the toxins yeah it has to be made from something that comes from the earth but it, yeah. nine times out of ten is synthesized which means is it's uh 1% natural, 99% chemical. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So 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 the whole thing is about it is to study nature. You know what I'm saying? And 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 it's a science to that. You know what I mean? It's a science to that. Agriculture is one. Agriculture yeah. is a science that will help you know how to get rid of certain things out of the, out of your soil, how to counteract GMO seeds. And another thing with the seeds is also this. It's something that I've know like even if you have, uh, just like you can go in the lab and they can change the seed, the earth can change the seed back. Mm. You get what I'm saying? So what most GMO seeds are, they don't regenerate. So you only get one crop and that's it. So like if you got a GMO tomato plant, you would get your tomatoes and then they won't, once you pick your tomatoes, no more tomatoes will come back on the plant for that season. So once you get a ripe tomato from that plant, but a real tomato, most tomatoes are going to keep replenishing until it's too cold or the season is past. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But you also have the earth that will be able to, the earth and the way it's made up, if you just plant that seed, that seed, and you get the, so, so say I plant a GMO seed, right? A tomato. And then I take the tomato, the seeds from that tomato from the GMO plant, and then I replant that. You get what I'm saying? Most GMO plants are not gonna have, they they don't regenerate seeds. You get what I'm saying? So, if, but you will have some that do regenerate seeds. So I would take the seed from that tomato and, if, and, and I plant it. So now it's one, by me planting it in a natural soil and giving it a natural environment, it's one step, it's going back, it's reversing the GMO process basically. Mm. So what a GMO is, is I take a piece of of a pepper or or a pepper or a seed from a pepper and i grow it in a lab without anything natural so it doesn't have any natural properties to it so let's say i take that same gmo seed that was created in the lab and then i reverse it and i start putting it back into nature it's going to reverse that process mm. it's nothing that nature cannot reverse wow you see what i'm saying and the same goes way the same that applies to your body because I, i'm a i'm an urban farmer and i'm also an herbalist too so I don't use Western medicine too much. 
You know, mm-hmm. I, I can't say that I use, I don't use any of it because I do, because I'm forced to, because I don't have certain, you know, uh, access to certain herbs. Exactly, certain to things to in do. our in and our I'm not, ecosystem. Exactly, and, and I haven't been. In Detroit. Yeah, and we haven't been in our natural state. So, mm-hmm. so, so certain uh, teachings that our ancestors had have kind of been disrupted and distorted. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, with that, I. The, your body is the same way. You can reverse anything. As long as you can use the bathroom, as long as you can eat food and use the past that food through your bowel and your, your urine, you can heal yourself from anything. Hmm. You know, and that and that comes from I don't I didn't study uh I'm not against Dr. Sebi or anything like that. I didn't study Dr. Sebi's methods. I didn't study mm-hmm. under his teachings. My teacher lives right here in Detroit. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. my doctor, my herbalist, or who I learned from to be, you know, to be one with nature as far as healing your body comes right here from Detroit. Okay. I can go to his house. I can pull up to him. I can talk to him. You know what I mean? Because a lot mm-hmm. of people, they thought, oh, well, Dr. Sebi was wrong about this and this and that. You know what I'm saying? So they, mm-hmm. they try to dispute that and say, I didn't get that from him. Well, I, I think. Uh, Even he, though I agree with his, a lot of his teachings and, I, and his teachings yeah. don't really differ that much from my. But he, Dr. Sebi was just a little more extreme than most people because he's dealing with extreme disease conditions. conditions. I, I, I think uh, I think I think some of the things that uh, when Dr. Sebi is brought up or challenged is yeah. unique because it he's held to a higher scrutiny than even our quote unquote uh, medical professionals exactly. are. Of course, and, and it's always as they always say they're practicing medicine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's rare. As I've seen uh, death more and more in my family as I've grown older to health conditions. Uh-huh. And I, I don't know if people are listening to this, but, you know, usually they're going, you know, it's sometimes you, your your loved one will run into something going to a hospital where no one can even diagnose it. They'll say exactly. we need to run more tests and more tests and more tests and maybe uh-huh. this expert, and maybe that. And you'll say uh-huh. to yourself, maybe we should have went to that hospital or whatever, but they're practicing. But the, the number one thing is kind of what you said I, for me at least is calming is our bodies are living organisms and all of us respond to different things differently. Exactly. COVID-19 should have been a very strong opening of learning that like you think you can make it absolute, but this isn't a video game. It's not like, okay, you go through this door and you know, it's right there. It's like our bodies are so different. You know, the response that many of us will have, and that's even to the, um, that's to the GMO foods. That's yeah. to medicines. That's yeah. to prescriptions. That's yeah. to uh, that's to uh, other chemicals that could mm-hmm. be in the air. It's surprising sometimes the the way that uh, we love to package things in absolutes because in capitalism yeah. that's how you sell things yeah, best. Exactly. It's hard to say, hey, if you drink this, this yeah. will happen to it you. Has, it has Whereas been. it's just not uh, the human body does not function like that. And where you where you your environment plays a major role into how your body responds to any and everything yes. that you do to it. Yes. See, the, and that's one thing that we as our people need to recognize and realize living in the inner city, living in, cause that's where most of our people live now. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? We don't live out in the country and on the farms like, like we used to, you know what I'm saying? We, we're in the, we're in the cities now because of the industrial boom of this country. So, there are certain chemicals. Yeah. There are certain things that are that are present in a in a city atmosphere that are not present in a rural atmosphere. True. You see what I'm saying? So that affects. 
So, of course, a person maybe who grew up in the country, their body will respond a little, maybe a little better to a herbal regimen or herbal treatment. You know what I'm saying? It, it More definitely so. Definitely have a different response. Because you're because their body, by being away from these chemicals and these this atmosphere and this environment, not just chemicals, your everyday stress of being living so close to, to people, being on top of people, that causes. And then just for, you know, that you brought up COVID, just to put this out here for our people. We damn near 95% of the people of our people who live in ghettos or live in cities, suburbs have underlying health conditions. Yeah. Even if you don't know, even if you've never been to the doctor, you feel healthy, you you all that. If you eat certain things, you have a underlying health condition. If Mm -hmm. you, you know what I'm saying? It's just that simple because most of our people don't really pay attention to what they putting into their body. They don't read the labels of the, you know what I'm saying? It's I, I it's just I didn't before I before mm-hmm. I started, you know what I'm saying, being conscious of this. Yeah. I didn't read the labels of the food, not for the reasons that I read them now. Mm-hmm. You know, I might have read it to see, you know what I'm saying, like the price or mm-hmm. uh, cholesterol, fat and stuff like that instead of actually looking at the actual ingredients, the names of those ingredients, googling them, researching them in medical books seeing what they do where do they come from why are why are they putting why do they put something that come from antifreeze in our food mm. at all period why why would you put 1.0000 percent of that like i don't care like why would mm. you put any of that in our food there's no purpose for that in our food yeah you see what i'm saying the preservatives that they use to keep you like i was in jail when i was in prison right i first got to prison a guy showed me a tuna pack i got to prison i was in prison what 2008 2000 from 2008 to 2011 i think i got the pri- actual prison in 2009 he showed me a tuna pack from 96 mm-hmm. in 2009 he said he bought that the first year that he got out and kept it his whole bit the expiration date was his actual date that he was supposed to get out in 2010 2011 mm-hmm. what is in that tuna you leave a piece of tuna out for two days and see what happened to it. See how bad it stinks and smells. You see what I'm saying? So go yeah. catch you a fish and leave it out in the open or even leave it in a bag. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? What is in that food that's going to make that food last 10, 15, have a 10, 15 year shelf life? Yeah. A lot of these canned foods, what are they putting in them? Mm-hmm. Because don't get me wrong, there are natural ways to preserve your food, even for months and years, but not mm-hmm. no 10, 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? It's not. It's it. So so you gotta know that whatever it is is unnatural, and if it's unnatural to your body, it's bad for your body. Period. Yeah. If it yeah. doesn't come from nature, it's bad for your body. Mm-hmm. It's just that simple. A lot of our people uh, don't want to have the discipline that it takes to eat, especially in this society. It takes a mm-hmm. lot because we don't. We can't walk up to the tree and just pick an apple and pick mm-hmm. an orange like we should be able to. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Because capitalism creates that. Yeah. You got to buy food, but you need food to live. So that yeah. means if you don't have money, you don't deserve to live. Mm-hmm. And and our people don't like hearing stuff like that. They don't like talking about stuff because it makes them uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, well, what am I supposed to do? What am I going to do? What do you mean? What are you going to do? Whatever it takes for you to, to, to eliminate that from your life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's why another main reason that I grow, I don't want anyone to be able to dictate to me. If I got to eat kale every day for the rest of my life because that's all I know how to grow, then I'll just be eating kale. Mm, that's deep. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't want, 
don't get me wrong, I go to the grocery store. I'm not mm-hmm. sitting here telling y'all like I don't go to the I'm under the same oppression as anyone else. Yeah. Everybody, yeah, I don't care how free you think you are, how free spirited and spiritual and all that, like people be saying, you still under the same oppression I am. You yeah, know what I'm saying? You want to make an excuse and say, "Oh, I don't. I'm free. I, I, I do whatever I want." Okay, cool. That's cool. Maybe you free. Yeah. You need to help me get free and help the rest of us get free too. Yeah. Because freedom with you by yourself is nothing. What is that? That's deep. You know what I'm saying? What is that? I can't be free by myself. I can't do anything by myself. I'm not an independent person. I'm an interdependent person. I mm-hmm. depend on you. Yeah. I don't have a studio. Yeah. I don't have this equipment at my home, so yeah. I can't come put my voice. I need you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We don't look at each other as most of us don't look at each other as we no. need each other. I need my community. But that's the individualistic you know I mean? thoughts yeah, that and are it's built in capitalism yeah. in Western civilization exactly. that are far from what we stand on. Exactly. This was a deep discussion, man. I'm gonna definitely get you back. How do people get in contact with you if they're interested um, in uh learning more from you? Well, they can um contact me on Facebook at Liberated Farms. Mm-hmm. On that's on Facebook, Instagram. Um, also I have a, a page real spill enterprises, which is, a uh, I have, that's one of my business pages. Also, uh, I have another business page called nature spill. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my herbal and I sell herbal teas, soaps, all that type of stuff. Um, and if for community work though, just, just hit me up on my liberated farms page or okay. my Facebook page, Ikaje, I-K-A-J-E, Ajamu, A-J-A-M-U. Okay. And that's my Facebook page. You can get in contact with me on there. Um, and a lot of times I'm in the community, like you know what I'm saying. Like, just hit me up. Okay, I'll pull up. I don't have no problem. I'll pull up wherever in the city, out of town, anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Whether you know if it's if it's a need, we need it, and we can help. We definitely make sure that we there or a representative of us will be there. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't have no problems helping the people in any way, shape, form, or fashion. That's what's up. Thank you so much for your perspective. Uh, this was a great interview. I appreciate it, bro. Thank you for having me, for sure. Thank you. Peace. Peace. Detroit is Different is where you get information, artistry, history, music, and even comedy. Detroit is Different, a home for the culture of Detroit. Visit online at DetroitIsDifferent.com today.